Hey folks, Andy Patton here. Today's episode, we are talking all things Caden Perry in the third part of our series, the fourth part, excuse me, of our series reviewing each player on Gonzaga's roster after the 21-22 season. Injuries prevented us from seeing the hyper-athletic big man for most of the year, but there's still a lot to be excited about for the future for Caden Perry. We're going to discuss it all right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag Athletics. I also want to thank all of you who make this podcast your first listen every day and remind you that we are live on YouTube. Over 500 subscribers, less than 500 subscribers to go to get to our next goal of 1,000 Zags fans subscribed to the show on YouTube. If you haven't done so yet, just go to youtube.com, search Locked on Zags, hit that subscribe button. Would love, love, love to get to a thousand before we tip things off in October. Today, though, instead, we are focusing on Caden Perry, one of Gonzaga's big men from this past season. He didn't play a whole lot because of injuries. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the best and worst case scenarios that were laid out for him before the season. And then we're going to talk about his role next year. We know now. As of about 15 minutes before I hit record on this episode that Drew Timmy has declared for the NBA draft, it was not clear at the time whether he was planning to hire an agent and pursue the, or have the, not have the ability, excuse me, to come back to college at this point. He does have that ability. It sure sounds like he's probably on his way out. We got way more Drew Timmy talk coming in later episodes, but that does, of course, impact Caden Perry's potential role next year. Before we get there, though, let's talk instead about how we got to this point with Caden Perry. Perry committed to Gonzaga way back in June of 2019. It is crazy to me that this man has only played a handful of games for the Zags because he has been a Zag for such a long time. Pre-COVID, was when Caden Perry first decided that he was going to be a bulldog, one of the first commitments in that class of 2021. He was a six foot eight center from Battleground, Washington. And I know it's a little bit hard to remember, but he was the 56th ranked player in the country and the number two ranked player in the state of Washington, the only player in the class of 2021 from the state of Washington ranked higher than Caden Perry. Duke's Paulo Bancaro, not bad company to keep. For Mr. Perry, he was compared and is still compared to a young Brandon Clark, undersized center with a ton of athleticism, some bounce, some shot blocking ability. Uh, you saw that in little snippets this season, but he didn't play. He had some injury issues, not only this year, but prior to that, he was hurt at his senior season at Battleground. He missed most of the season with herniated discs in his back. There was concern that he would miss part of his freshman year. However, he recovered well from that. He worked out with the team during the summer, and then he blew us all away at craziness in the kennel. He blocked Drew Timmy at the rim. He had some highlight reel dunks. The hype train for Caden Perry exploded right before the start of the college basketball season. He came into the year, he was only playing a bit role. He was the fourth big. That wasn't unexpected with Chet Holmgren on the roster, with Drew Timmy on the roster, with Anton Watson on the roster. We knew he'd be right in that mix with Ben Gregg, with 
with Ben Gregg really for that fourth role spot, there was some possibility that Julian Strother would play some four. That didn't end up happening. But we just never really saw Perry's season get off the ground. He played eight minutes in his debut against Dixie State. And he had a nice game, four points, two boards, and three fouls, which became a bit of a trend for Mr. Perry. He also played five minutes against Alcorn State and racked up five fouls. It was a truly remarkable performance from Caden, five fouls in five minutes against Alcorn State, kind of set the tone a little bit for his need to learn how to get a little bit more in control of his body and avoid those fouls. We've seen a lot of freshman bigs come through Gonzaga's program, have some serious foul issues early in their career and correct it as things go on. I have little doubt that Perry will be able to do so, but he perhaps comes in in the roughest shape with regards to not committing fouls uh, of any of the bigs that I can remember since maybe Shem. Maybe Shem was just about as bad with the fouls. Zach Collins was pretty challenged uh, in that regard as well. He played a season-high 12 minutes against Central Michigan, six points on three of three shooting and four boards in that game. That game really kind of restarted that hype train for Perry. He would kind of hadn't played a lot early in the season. Then we saw that game and people started to get excited. Then he only played seven minutes against UCLA. He only played four minutes against Duke. Didn't really start to see him really at all after that for much of the season. He played in just... A handful more games. Uh, His final game of the season was against North Alabama on the 28th of December. He had two points in that game, and that was it. That was the end of his freshman season. Foot injuries, back injuries, a myriad of things. We never got a lot of conclusiveness. Uh, We know that the foot injury is what kept him out initially to start WCC conference play. And after that, he just, he never came back. He never ended up getting back onto the court. Uh, I think his injury significantly hurt the Zags in ways that maybe weren't super apparent because he hadn't played all that much earlier in the season. The Zags didn't utilize Ben Gregg all that much. So I think there was, there's maybe a sentiment that, well, even if Perry was healthy, would they have used him all that much? And it's hard to say. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. I think by the time Caden Perry got hurt. I believe he was above Ben Gregg on the depth chart. It felt to me like he was more in favor with the coaching staff, more likely to get minutes when the Zags really needed minutes from the big men. Uh, And he just wasn't able to go, unfortunately. He finished his freshman season playing eight games and 53 total minutes. In those 53 minutes, he had 14 points, 18 rebounds on seven of nine shooting. That's a cool 77.8% field goal percentage, which is definitely going to get it done. Uh, He also had 10 fouls in 53 minutes, which is not going to get it done. He had four turnovers, only one assist and one block. And he also went 0 for 3 from the free throw line. The sample size here is largely irrelevant. Uh, 0 for 3 from the free throw line is effectively meaningless to me. Uh, 7 for 9 shooting from the field. I don't want to say that it's meaningless, but it's not incredibly significant either. The fouls is a little bit more significant because it is something he's going to need to work on without a doubt. But again, 53 minutes is barely more than one game's worth of minutes. It's For a backup big, it's maybe four games total worth of minutes. So I'm not looking into this too in depth necessarily, but I do want to talk in the second segment about his, what we perceived as his best case and worst case scenarios. Now we always did these with the caveat that we weren't going to discuss injuries. Obviously injuries were a part of Caden Perry's story. So we kind of have to get through that, talk about what we did see from him, which is what we're going to do right after I tell you all about Built Bar. This is the time of the year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. 
It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. In fact, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They have mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, segment two, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zag, still talking all things big man Caden Perry. Second segment here, we're looking at our best and worst case scenarios. These were revealed in October of 2021 before the Gonzaga basketball season started. So we're going to take a look back at what I said at the time and what ended up kind of coming to fruition for Perry, who of course missed most of the season with injury. The best case scenario for Caden Perry, according to Andy in October, was Perry sneaks into the rotation as the fourth big behind Chet, Timmy, and Watson. The Zags don't run a lot of Strother at the four, so Perry plays over Greg for minutes. So this this was happening. I mentioned this a little bit in the first segment. I think this basically came true had there, of course, not been an injury. We did not see Julian Strother play the four. That was not that was something I thought a lot before the season would end up happening, and it just never came to fruition. And I think by the end of the, the, end of the non-conference slate, when Perry was still healthy, he was playing more minutes than Ben Gregg. He was ahead of him in the rotation. Of course, he just wasn't able to capitalize on that because of the injuries. Best case scenario, 10 to 15 minutes per night as a power forward and center backup. So even before he got hurt, this wasn't the case. He was not playing that much. The Zags in the past, when they've had four bigs, they've played the two backup bigs a fair amount. We saw that with when Killian Tilly and Zach Collins were both the backups for that 2016-17 team. We've seen it with other Gonzaga bigs in the past. But lately with Umar Balo last year and then Caden Perry and Ben Gregg this past season, We've seen the usage rate for some of those backup bigs go down. It's partly because Drew Timmy is an absolute workhorse and was able to play significant amounts of minutes. Uh, It was partly because, at least the previous season, uh, Corey Kispert played a lot of minutes at the four, and he played a lot of minutes in general, so he was out on the floor quite a bit. But we have seen Mark Few seem to play his backup bigs less. There, I think there's a legitimate reason for criticism there. Now, obviously, with Perry, for most of the season, this was irrelevant because he was not healthy. But when he was healthy, and even when he wasn't healthy and Ben Gregg was around, I think there was an opportunity for those guys to play a few more minutes, particularly in games that were the outcome was already decided. Uh, I, I think that, you know... It, there's lots of reasons that Umar Balo transferred, most notably his coach, Tommy Lloyd, going to Arizona, but he didn't play a whole lot at Gonzaga, and neither have Ben Gregg or Caden Perry when they were healthy. They didn't play a whole lot either, and you could you could make the argument that some of the fatigue issues we saw from some of Gonzaga's players could have been attributed to this uh, in some capacity. Best case scenario for Caden Perry is he can play capably alongside Drew Timmy as a rim protector and Chet Holmgren as a perimeter defensive player. So basically, can Caden Perry play with Chet where he has to play defense away from the rim and can he play with Timmy where he's the primary rim protector? We just didn't get to see enough of him playing with either of those guys to really get a good read on this. Uh, I think at this point, he's far more comfortable playing defense around the rim. 
I don't know that he's going to be an elite level defensive player away from the rim. He has a ton of athleticism. Uh, so I think that there's the ability for him to grow into that. But he's going to need to he's going to need to work pretty hard to get good at that. It's hard for big men to be good at that, and so that's a skill that for him to be a high level, well rounded defensive star for Gonzaga, which I think is the best path for him to being like a truly great player in this program. He's going to need to prove that he can play that pick and roll defense, that he can play defense away from the rim. We just didn't get to see that this year. Best case scenario is that on offense, Perry can also play alongside Timmy and. Holmgren. He can play away from the rim and he can play down low. Again, didn't really get to see it. When Caden Perry was in the game, he was under the rim. He was not playing away from the basket. Now, I at this point, we have not seen any level of an outside game from Caden Perry. We have not seen a mid-range game. We have not seen a three-point shot. Again, we saw free three, three free throw attempts and none of those went in. Too small of a sample size to really glean any information from that, other than at this point, Caden Perry's ability to score away from right underneath the basket is a complete mystery. Next up, for the best case scenario, the back injury does not limit his explosiveness. Uh, well, unfortunately, that did end up becoming a reality where his back injury uh, and foot injuries and various other ailments uh, caused him to not be able to play in the second half. When he was on the court and healthy, he looked pretty dang explosive. I don't think there was an issue there. He certainly didn't look like he was walking with a hurt back uh, when he was out on the floor. So I think that assuming he recovers well from this injury, uh, he's going to be just as explosive as ever. Best case scenario for Caden Perry is he flashes an improved offensive bag and shows that he can score away from the hoop. Yeah, we just didn't see this. Doesn't mean that it's not there. Doesn't mean that he's incapable of becoming a good shooter away from the rim or, or just somebody who can create his own shot. Uh, we just haven't seen it. And then the last thing for the best case scenarios uh, from October, being talked about like a two-and-done guy. Yeah, no, we're not We're not there with, with Caden Perry. I, I don't think we would have gotten there even had he stayed healthy for the entire season because he just was not playing nearly enough minutes uh, obviously, we've seen, you know, the Philip Petrusas, the DeMontis Simonis's guys who who were reserves in their first year and then broke out in significant ways as sophomores. I think Caden Perry has the ability to to take on a much bigger role next year and be very good. But now only having 53 minutes worth of collegiate experience sort of makes him kind of going into next year. Not quite a freshman, but, you know, much less experienced than traditional sophomores, much less experienced than either Sabonis or Petrusev were, or Drew Timmy, uh, who obviously wasn't a two-and-done, but certainly exploded as a sophomore. Worst-case scenario for Caden Perry, these are, again, laid out in October. He's the fifth or sixth big man on the depth chart and hardly sees the floor. Uh, well, he wasn't fifth or sixth. He was fourth. I think it's pretty reasonable that he he played his way into that spot. I think fourth slash fifth, a lot of the time him and Ben came in around the same time, but like I said, by the end of his season in late December, he was the fourth big man. He just didn't see the floor all that much and then unfortunately didn't see the floor at all in the second half of the year. Worst case scenario is he gets Umar Balo type minutes, five to six minutes, all in garbage time. Yeah, this is basically what happened. And, and frankly, I think this is probably what would have happened had the season continued uh, for Caden Perry as well. I think we might have seen it tick up a little bit. But again, we have a, a, a baseline because Perry was playing somewhat consistently with Ben Gregg, and Ben Gregg's minutes didn't really tick up in confidence play. Again, I think Perry would have played more. I think he would have been utilized more often than Ben Gregg was, but I don't expect that he was in line to play a 12 to 15 minute per game role for this team in conference play. I, I just don't think that that was going to happen. Worst case scenario for Caden Perry, he doesn't play enough to showcase perimeter defense or scoring only to grab rebounds and burn clock. Yep, this pretty much happened. Again, partly because of the injury, partly because 
Mark Few was was much more comfortable playing his three big men of Holmgren, Timmy Watson, and not really playing the other guys all that much. Next, worst case scenario, it's a development year, so it's kind of hard to label anything as a worst case scenario unless he shows a lot of frustration. Yeah, he didn't show that frustration, uh, but obviously it sucks to get injured. We, we don't talk about injuries in these preseason segments, so I didn't mention it there. Uh, but obviously that was, for any player getting hurt, is the worst case scenario. And in this case, it was pretty significant. It, it took uh, a, a, not quite a full year of development time, but a good chunk, more than half a season of development time for Caden Perry was gone because he was not able to get on the court. It doesn't mean he didn't get anything out of this season. Obviously, he learned in practices and he learned being in the huddle and he learned from Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy and he did get 50 plus minutes of experience actually on the court. But it was, again, I'm not going to call it a lost season, but it was far from what it could have been in terms of a full year of development. And then I said, I don't consider redshirting a worst case scenario. Uh, and he he could. This is, a, this is a possibility for Caden Perry. He may pursue, he likely has pursued a medical redshirt. I talked about this, I believe, on Mailbag Monday. One of the questions I received was about Caden Perry pursuing a medical redshirt. I would be shocked if they have not already filed something through the NCAA's compliance office. Uh, I also mentioned in that episode that the NCAA's compliance office is very hard to get a read on. Sometimes they will award they will award red shirts for seasons that were longer than this. Sometimes they were really stingy and they won't award a, a red shirt even in a situation where you'd think the player would deserve one. For Perry, pretty clearly he was hurt. Pretty clearly he would have played more minutes had he not gotten hurt. But he did play eight games. He did play 50 plus minutes. The NCAA doesn't have a super hard and fast rule right there, but there's a chance that they won't award it to him. I'm not sure that it matters all that much. I don't think Caden Perry is really planning on being here for that extra year anyway. I think his he has aspirations to go pro sooner than that. Uh, it certainly would be nice to have. So I'm expecting that the league or that the, the Gonzaga's athletic department has already filed this with the hopes of having it for him as an option. But I, I'm not sure if it's going to be used or even if it's going to be granted. All right, we are going to come back in the third segment. We are going to talk about Caden Perry's future just next year, not his long-term future necessarily. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about Bet Online. The 2022 NCAA tournament is in the books with the win secured by Bill Self and the Jayhawks of Kansas. While the Zags unfortunately fell short of the game's pinnacle week, that does not mean fans cannot remain in on the action. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Heck, they even have lines on a fight between Will Smith and Chris Rock, should you be so inclined. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, segment three. Still, Andy Patton still locked on Zag. Still talking. Battlegrounds finest, Caden Perry, finished his freshman season in Spokane, only appearing in eight games because of an unfortunate series of injuries, which kept him out for the WCC season. His freshman year was supposed to be development year. Uh, it's unfortunate that this didn't really happen for Caden Perry. I mentioned uh, it looks like his injury happened around the halfway point of the season, but quite likely he would have played more than 50 minutes in the second half of the season. So this injury really 
really hampered him. It was very unfortunate that this happened. Uh, it puts him behind. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't still have the same potential. It doesn't mean that he's not going to be very good next season. He, he, he very well might be. It just means that he's not in the spot that he would have been had he been healthy. That's all that it means. <laughs> and and it's it's tough because Gonzaga has has been pretty fortunate, I think, for the most part, to not deal with a lot of injuries. I was looking at like what Baylor went through this year and what Houston went through this year, and like there haven't been a lot of seasons in Gonzaga's history that have been like significantly derailed because of injuries. Obviously, Josh Perkins is a very notable example. Uh, Killian Tilly dealt with a lot of injuries in his career, uh, so certainly it's happened. But I think the Zags have been more fortunate than most. And I think the shout out to their athletic training staff and their strength and conditioning staff who probably have had a significant hand in this not being a big problem for Gonzaga. But Perry, he came into to Gonzaga with some a previous injury history and it caught up to him. And hopefully it does not continue to be a problem. That's not something that I care to make predictions or guesses on. I'm not a medical expert. Uh, it's just not something that I know very intimately with, with his situation. Uh, you know, one of the best predictors of future injury is past injury. So that is certainly something to keep an eye on with Caden. But I don't really know where his health is at right now. But that's the biggest concern is, is his long-term health. The development will come. The, the Zags are very, very good at having players on specific development plans and kind of knowing when they're going to be ready to, like, be unleashed on the on the league. You know, they, they knew that Rui Hachimura was a three-year guy, but that he was going to explode that year. You know, and, and they've been really good at guessing right on this stuff. I suspect injuries can kind of throw that off a little bit. Uh, but for right now, going into next year, the front court is is pretty wide open. Chet Holmgren is gone. He has not made an official announcement as of this moment, but he is gone. He will declare for the NBA draft. He will hire an agent. He will be one of the first three players selected, and he will have a very, very successful NBA career. He's not playing in a Gonzaga uniform ever again. Drew Timmy, probably not playing in a Gonzaga uniform ever again. I've maintained on this podcast for months that I thought there was a pretty reasonable chance he would come back. He still could, but as of this conversation at 5.12 p.m., on Thursday afternoon, Drew Timmy has declared for the NBA draft. He did not indicate in his post whether he was going to hire an agent or maintain his collegiate eligibility. His post sure had the feeling and the sincerity of somebody who has decided to move on. That is my expectation at this point. I would be very surprised if Drew Timmy does decide to come back, which means that there are two starting spots open in Gonzaga's front court for next season. Anton Watson will likely take one of them, although there is the possibility that he continues to play in a star reserve role. Uh, and then the other spots are open. Transfers are going to be a part of the conversation, and we're going to talk a lot about potential transfers. We talked about Dawes Amac on Wednesday's episode, excuse me, Thursday's episode. He's a player that I think the Zags are strongly targeting to come in and immediately start for this team next year. There are going to be others that are in that conversation as well. But Caden Perry is not a player that should be ignored in this conversation. I will be honest, I would be surprised if Caden Perry comes out of the shoot starting next year with only eight games and 50 minutes of experience in his collegiate career, especially because the minutes that we did see were rough a lot of the time. He did not display a ton of offensive instincts. He doesn't play well away from the rim. Again, these are all things that I think will improve in time, but I'd be pretty surprised if they were at the level that they would need to be starting next season for him to be a starter on this program. But I think he's going to have an increased role. There's very little doubt in my mind, especially now that we're feeling like Timmy and Holmgren are going to be gone. You're looking at Anton Watson, a transfer, Ben Gregg, Caden Perry, Braden Huff. That's your mix right there for your big men. 
None of those, depending on the transfer, if the transfer is a guy who's going to be a, a rim protector, a shot blocker, that probably hurts Perry more than it would hurt anybody else. Because Ben Gregg and Braden Huff, who we haven't seen a lot of yet, but this is Mr. Chicago, four-star recruit out of the state of Illinois. Like, he's going to be good. I don't know how much they're expecting him to play right away, but he's, you know, he's not just an afterthought in this conversation. He's a guy who's going to compete for playing time right away for this Gonzaga team. But both Huff and Gregg are more shooters. They're big men who can stretch the floor, who can play capably away from the rim, who can handle the basketball a little bit. I don't know a ton about Huff defensively. I can tell you that Ben Gregg right now is pretty rough on the defensive end of the floor. That was the biggest knock on him even coming into Gonzaga, and he he did not look like a good defensive player in his small minutes last year. So if the Zags bring in a big man who's going to protect the rim and that big man's going to play a significant role, that's going to hurt Caden Perry's opportunity to play. But if the Zags go out and find a big man who's a little bit more like, maybe more like Watson or maybe more like Ben Gregg or Braden Huff, who's, who's more of a shooter, more of a stretch stretch four type guy and not a big rim protector, that is good news for Caden Perry. It's maybe not great news for the Zags because I think that's what they ultimately need on this roster. But for Perry, it means that the staff has some confidence in his ability to protect the rim and to play big minutes for this team. I ultimately expect that Perry is going to be in the mix for a 15, 10 to 15 minute role, maybe even 15 to 20 minute role next season. But this is what we're talking about in early April. There is a long, long, long time between now and the start of the regular season. There's at least one more big man almost certainly going to be added to the mix on this team. Uh, we'll get a better sense of what Braden Huff brings to the table, certainly, uh, and and what you know what the Zags have in mind for Anton Watson. But I think ultimately Perry's going to be, you know, he's certainly going to play more, assuming he's healthy. He's going to, we're going to see some of that development. I think he's a guy who's got a very exciting potential. I think he's the key. I don't know that he's going to be Brandon Clark offensively because Brandon Clark was elite offensively. His ability to finish around the rim was unprecedented. Uh, But I think Caden Perry could develop into a good rim protector, a good rebounder, a very, very high energy defensive player, and a capable scorer around the rim. And all of that makes for a very great career and makes for a very solid player in this Gonzaga program. I don't think that the sophomore jump that we were hoping for is necessarily going to happen because he did not play so much as a freshman. But I think by the midpoint of next year or by the end of the season, you could start to see this kid really cooking with gas and thinking, hey, by the time this kid's a junior, he's going to be really, really good. And that's sort of the trajectory that I think that we're going to be on uh, as fans of Caden Perry and his career in Spokane. All right, that is going to do it for me today and for this week. Mailbag coming up next week. And of course, we got some Drew Timmy talk to have as we see this young man go out and start his potential professional basketball journey. We're going to talk about that next week right here on the Locked on Zags podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. Check it out there if you haven't yet. Finally, thank you again to those of you who have made Locked on Zags your first listen every day. Now is a great time to make your second listen, the Locked on NBA Draft Podcast. With the college basketball season wrapped up, give Raphael Barlow and a flurry of guests a listen as they prepare for the NBA Draft. Hear your thoughts, hear their thoughts on Chet Holmgren, Paolo Bancaro, and the rest of the NBA's future stars on Locked on NBA Draft, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, thank you all for listening, and go Zags!